the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970, The Answer presents I on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my house. Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. And before, as promised, I introduced Deborah Halpern, the publisher of the Hamptons Magazine. I just want to give one of our callers the information about the credit score because he wants to find out his credit score. The email is... Dan, D-A-N, at credits, C-R-E-D-I-T-S, scoring, actually credit scoring, advisors.com. So it's Dan at credit scoring advisor.com. And and if you get mixed up or it doesn't, just email us and we'll send it to you. Our number, by the way, is 866-970-9622. Now, Deborah Halpern, who I could write a book about. Um, she's on every, I mean, hi, Deborah. She's on every Memorial Day to kick off the season. She's the publisher of the Hanson's Magazine. And on June 1st, you have some exciting news to tell us. What's happening? I do. Well, after 12 years of leading Hamptons Magazine to be the predominant magazine in the community and launch its 40th season, um, I'm sad to be leaving as publisher, but so excited to be launching my own company. It's a metamorphosis. I'm going from a caterpillar to a butterfly and launching a branding and marketing company to help and connect um, authors and celebrities and tastemakers with products and services that are looking to boost up. So it's that's that's what I'm going to be doing, and it's fully exciting. I have four pillars I'm working on. One, of course, is one close to my heart and yours, real estate and home design. And Okay, so wait. Break this down for me. Now, you know, I mean, you know everything about the Hamptons, everyone. And, of course, Hamptons Magazine and it was wine. And you've really connected the dots and put people in touch with each other and connected people. So now you're doing that. You're branding and helping people brand their products? Yes, and services. And services. So, so give us, and now you say in real estate, so give us some examples. Well, um, you know, as we develop this business, I'm going to be working with brokers on activating exposure to their homes, also creating marketing programs for them so they differentiate from others to build their own businesses. Well, that's basically what everyone's dream is. I mean, you know what, I, I, I have to tell you, 
uh, I think that I get so many emails on um, being an entrepreneur and I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, that's great, but it's not so easy. So you have to know what goes into it. And of course, you know, as with anything, there's a million people that are great. And I'll give you an example. There's a million great singers, but the person who gets to get a number one hit might not be the best singer, but he's been marketed or he has a great agent. Or, I completely agree with you. Right? So what I'm trying to say, maybe, you know, is that really you have to be good, but it's also how you – marketing is so important. I can't even tell you. Now, when you started the business, I don't think they marketed anything. Uh, did no. they let you market your – no, I don't know. Pretty much it was uh, housewives and uh, school teachers. And Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they didn't really – it wasn't – I mean – you built a name for yourself, but you sure. didn't really do it. You did it in a time when just very few people had names and built brands. And now... I was sort of an anomaly, though. There wasn't very many men in the, in, in the business at the time uh, out here, at least in the Hamptons. So it was uh, uh, to make it a career coming out of college was a different story. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, but so whether it's real estate or any product for that matter, I think branding is so important. Absolutely. I mean, like 1-800-Flowers comes to my mind. I not, don't necessarily use them, but it just stays in my mind because it's an easy thing to remember. <laughs> so the, the interesting thing is, though, and I, I, Deborah, you can help me with this. At the time I came up, you know, I had a little bit of a uh, help in that I grew up on a farm. I was a farmer's son. Right. And there was changing times. That's, you know, back in the uh, 35 years ago, things were changing from a farming rural community to a second home, um, you know, vacation community. So there were lots of, you know, farming was, there were houses, there were farms being sold, there was lots of things. So I had that niche. Uh, pretty well sewed up, but that's not the case today. Today, it's much more about uh, how you do market yourself. It's a lifestyle. You it's know. branding is a lifestyle. So for me, I'm looking at philanthropy as, as always, a great platform and connecting philanthropy and doing well for organizations locally with others that are looking for those platforms. So it's an integration of many different things together. It's kind of like an art. I would call it my my art. Like some people are painters or sculptors. I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's philanthropy, it's food and drink, it's health and wellness, which is lifestyle, and real estate and home design. Those are my pillars. And I think that there's pieces for pretty much any product or service to integrate into with these platforms, which is so exciting. It is exciting. That is exciting. That really is um, because you've taken all the experience and knowledge that you've had um, over the, God knows, you've been doing this for a long time. A long time. Yeah. A while. Yeah. And I, it's nice to be able to take all the, the things that you find that you're passionate about, put them together and do something you love. And that's helpful to people. But I do think that it's, as Deborah said, it's about branding regardless of the product that you're in. And because I, I read a million emails that come in and, you know, they nothing's they, they all might be good causes. It's even like charities. I must get a thing for every charity in the world. And they're all good charities. But the ones that stand out 
it's the way they market it's how they put it all together and and um, it's also how it touches your heart like yes. how you connect to it personally yes there's yes. organizations that have galas in the hamptons all summer long it's the ones that either your friends support and you want to support them because they True. support you or that touches your heart and you want to make a difference and of course the hamptons is all about i mean it's short season i think there's three at least three or four things every single night every weekend because <laughs> they have to get all that money in it's a short season and what's we, happening in the hamptons paul i mean from a real estate perspective yeah it it, it has been a as we say a long winter um well they couldn't help i i think it would be delayed because of all the snow we had I that mean, was that was certainly the case and it was we were all waiting for the weather to break hoping that that would uh, uh clear the way for people people's i guess psyches to get in the mood, if you will, mm -hmm. to buy houses. Um, so I think the people were stuck. It seemed to me that, you know, as you as you indicated earlier, all the signs of a good economy and were ripe for people to be buying, but see, people seem to be stuck um, in, in moving forward on purchases. Now with the weather beginning to break, I think things are beginning, to, the logjam is beginning to, to a, a break and people are starting to... Paul, can uh, I ask? write the check? Yeah, sure. S excuse me. Uh, how are, how are the Hamptons dealing with uh, like Airbnb? A lot of cities all over the country and the world really are dealing with it. How is it? How is it being dealt with in the Hamptons? Is it an issue? Well, the, the local governments have really cracked down on um, nightly or weekly things, and you have to now register your house with the mm -hmm. local governments in order to rent your house. So. It, two things. One is they, they try to oversee it on that basis, and two, then they also make sure that the, all of your uh, CFO's issues are, certificate of occupancy issues are cleaned up and, and um, uh, everybody complies. So those are the two issues that are going on now. It's, I tell you, it's a battle because um, people who own houses who want to rent them uh, see it pretty much as an invasion of privacy at many times because, you know, they want the right to do what they mm -hmm. will uh, with their house. Um, but um, so that's an interesting question. Yes. Um, whether you have the right to do that, I I don't have I don't have the information today because I, again we have Deborah we have a lot of guests on today but there's a lot of controversy about Airbnb and. I can tell you some very bad war stories. I mean, as many as good stories, there's a lot of bad stories, and there's a lot of risks to things. And I can tell you this. There is no way I would ever rent something that I have never seen. Correct. Okay, because I don't know what it's going to be like, and I don't know who lives there. I don't know what the neighborhood's like. I don't know if it's clean or dirty. I just wouldn't do it. Many people, millennials, are different about it. I think that's a whole different generation. Um. But one show, we really should give the pros and cons. But as Paul's saying, legally, can they force you not to be able to rent your house if you own it? Anything under, uh, now it's anything under two weeks, I believe, uh, in different towns. It's either two weeks or a month. Uh, hmm. you, you, you can, you're not allowed. But also look at the person that has a house. Um, and then, like, it, there's transient. Like, it, every every week somebody else is there. I mean, those people have problems with it. So there's a lot of controversy. I don't think it's going away, but I think it's going to 
end up well, being it's quality of life issues because <laughs> not only from the from the from the neighbor's perspective, they don't know the people that are there, and people come in and they party and or don't take care of the place, and it's just uh, you know. So there are lots of issues that can arise from not having a um, st the stable rental process that we had. Uh, well, if you want to go the stable rental process that we've always had, you should just call up one of your brokers, or especially Douglas Elliman, and they will give you all the information on the properties. In many cases, we know. I mean, over the years, a lot of the same people rent. So we know the, the, yes. the landlords. So yeah. not that you could ever be guaranteed, but you kind of know the landlords that are good landlords and that are easy and you and and you know the you you kind of know the way of the know land. the drill as they say right so yeah. I, I i'm a believer that if you have the right real estate broker and i don't just say that because i'm in real estate it makes a big difference because um you really well, it's people's don't know homes you know it's your, it's uh, things are not uh, uh you know it's not a hotel room uh, most of the time, it's houses, and it's they have expensive uh, items in it, and it means something to them. So it's important that the that that be handled in, in, a, in a professional manner. And conversely, I think um, a lot of those rentals that are always rentals are fatigued, yes. and they're not kept up in the way that you'd want to mm -hmm. walk into a Hamptons, you know, rental in, and the broker would know that. Yes. Right, right, right. Let me say, give you my prediction, though. We were talking about the Hamptons. I'm going to give you a prediction about Deborah because I know her over the years. I know how talented she is, and I think that um, your business is going to be just super, and anybody that needs branding or wants to increase their visibility, how would they get in touch with you now? It would be Deborah D. Halpert, H-A-L-P-E-R-T-M-E, at gmail.com. Good. And she'll be back on the show, so you can... Oh, ask her questions and things, but she's really great. I give you my eye, I vouch for her. Thank you so much, Doc. And my prediction about the Hamptons and second home markets in general, and this is my prediction since everybody else predicts and Zillow and everybody else, and I'm like, who are they to predict? I'm in this thing every day. My prediction is that we live in a very kind of what I call a different world. It just seems different. It seems like it's a soap opera every day. It seems like there's a lot of hatred. And even though we're still the best place to live in, because as I've said to you on the show before, be lucky that you're in a place where you can have an opinion and you might not agree with someone else's opinion, but you could respect the fact that as long as nobody's hurting somebody, we're allowed to have different opinions. I do think, though, because the world is kind of a little crazy and people feel it's unsafe in many ways, uh, I think people will be staying closer to home. And I think second homes, wherever you may live, like, you know, if you're in California, people will buy second homes because they want to be close to their families. They want to, and they want to travel less. I mean, I think they're that, you know, they're a little nervous with what's going on in the world, and until that calms down. And I think family's very important. And there's so many generations now, you know, you have the baby boomers and the millennials, and then you have, I think, I forgot the name of that next generation. What's the generation. new one called, yeah. <clears throat> 20, they're 22 years old. And the baby boomers want their kids and their grandkids to be around them. So I think second homes are going to, when possible, really continue to grow in every market.
because it's actually cheaper than taking a whole, you know, you can use it all the time. Mm-hmm. Second homes, especially if they're drivable. Um, and those people that are go to the Northeast, uh, they, that live in the Northeast and want to go to a warmer climate, they generally don't just go and retire and leave completely. They kind of go in stages, don't you think? Yes, sure. So it's Gen Alpha next. It's oh, Gen, Gen Alpha. Z, okay. Gen Z, yeah. and then Gen Alpha. Yeah. So, you know, I and I think that now look at the age group of what's buying in the Hamptons and second homes. They're pretty much 30s and 40s. Okay, so those are your millennials and your what's after that? Your Gen Gen Y, I think. Yeah, I can't Gen keep track Y. Of yeah. Gen Y. And I think another trend um, that's going to happen is the, the, I think, the baby boomers who stay in the Hamptons or maybe want to have a place in Florida or someplace like that and the Hamptons or California, they might want to, I think luxury condos are going to be a big thing in the Hamptons and in second home markets. I see them in California when California was generally a residential just, you know. And I see now where condos really didn't take off. The luxury condos is going to start very, to take off. Very wealth. much so. They, they, uh, the Hamptons were similar. They, they, there was very, very little zoning for uh, condos, and still is, relatively speaking. Well, I understand in Southampton, isn't yeah. that all approved? Where Now they have 50 coming on. Yeah, where the latch in was. Right. Yes. Right by the South End. A friend of mine, he's a great builder. I'm giving him a plug. He doesn't even know it. Michael Dobbs and his son. And, and Stephen, his son Stephen. Yeah, yep. Stephen is doing it. But I know his father from actually Long Island. He built many uh, communities. But that's all going to be luxury condos. And um, I think the baby boomers are saying, you know what? I have that big house. I want a big condo, but I don't want the upkeep. So I think the, there's something They want to simplify their lives, right? Well, some do. Yeah, I think I think some people. But I mean, I think I was just at staying at my friend's house because you know my house is still not finished after two Year years. Year three. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a house in Sag Harbor. It's on the water, and it's just so peaceful. And it, she said, it's a lot of maintenance, but it's just. I said, well, never sell it because it gives her such. I can't even explain it. It's such a great feeling to be on the water and to just have that serenity. So there's different strokes for different folks. I think the hardest market to get into is the f- first time, the, the, the low-end market. And so I tell people, just get in somewhere. What about Hampton Bays? Don't you think that's a... Uh, well, Hampton Bays is a great... I've been saying that for two years, buying in Hampton Bays. However, yeah. however, Hampton Bays is hot now. Right. Oh, but really? how long have but I been telling everyone buying Hampton Bays for the yeah. last two years? I've been saying that. I said because they were so below the radar then, and they have such beautiful water, but now it's expensive, though. But you can still, where can you get some good deals, Paul? Well, I think that North Sea, believe it or not, is, is a place that's well overlooked, um, uh, close to uh, the city, closer to the city, and outside of Southampton. There's, that's not been discovered yet, I, I, and I, for, for the life of me, can't figure out why. Um, because it's on water, close to Southampton, and close to the city. That's, that's my It'll mind. happen. I think we have a quick break. We have a quick break, and then I have a question for Ace, who is uh, on the line with our financing and our mortgage rates. We'll be right back, 866-970-9622. The house to Jack built, remember this house. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. Um, if you're listening to Ion Real Estate, it's our Memorial Day weekend show. We have a great weekend going for you. We have great guests, of course, Jerry Feeney, our our you our co-host, our ace, who's our third co-host, and uh, Paul Brennan, who's like the expert in real estate, and Deborah Halpern, who has launched another business, but it's going to tell us um, from the Hamptons Magazine all of the restaurants and the new places to go and some of the events. And by the way, if you don't live far, and, you know, everyone says there's so much traffic, you just have to know when to drive out, it's a great place to come for a day. You don't have to, you know, just to come out for the day is wonderful. Uh, But before I do that, Ace, what's going on with mortgages? What's the 30-year rate now? Yes, Dottie. It's a 30-year rate. It currently is at 4.875. So um, creeping up just a little bit, but still below 5%. Right now, I'm 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 really I'm, I read that Congress seals the deal on Dodd Frank reforms, and for those of you who know that Dodd Frank kind of uh, after the recession really clamped down on 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 really the lending, and it says that uh, they are easing up, easing up. They're easing up um, any banks that are literally right between fifty to two hundred and fifty billion. So they're reducing the number of those banks from 38 to 12. That's going to go through the stress test. So there should be a little bit of relief um, for for those banks right in between the 50 billion to 250 billion in assets. So it should be good news for the uh, customers, which will well, that's uh, make what it I'm a saying. So if you if you applied for a mortgage and you don't uh, you didn't qualify, you might be able to qualify for a higher amount money now. Or because it seems like they're easing up. Uh, that's my read on it, but I guess Ace, you would know better. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, you know, I mean, right now, Dottie, just just like what you said. You know, banks are definitely coming out with programs that are five percent down, three percent down. You still have FHA, so you know, I hear a lot of, um, I guess, us talking about millennials um, during the show, and you know, millennials are definitely. I'm very into home ownership. So whoever's telling you otherwise, it's it's not true. I'm in, no I'm one's in telling me. I'm telling you they are into home ownership. <laughs> I know that, and you know that. And you know, Ace, we we will dedicate part of a show on millennials because those of you, whether your business is whatever your business may be, um, ours happens to be real estate finance, whatever it is, you're going to be dealing with them. It's the largest generation. So if you are smart. You're going to gear your business. Um, those are going to be your future customers, if not already. So you want to know their habits. And, you know, Dottie, but, speaking of Hampton, you know, I, I'm a millennial myself, and we're all looking at Hampton Bays. Um, you know, we're looking at Montauk. So there's a huge migration towards buying there as well. So I know. a bunch of my friends just made offers um, out in the, out in the uh, Hampton Bays. So they, well, they I've been saying fact. that's a great place yeah. to buy it, and, and, and it's still under it's still under the value. And I think that your investment's going to really, you're going to really have an appreciation there. Uh, not that you don't appreciate everywhere. And I said you want healthy appreciation. You don't want it to go up so quick because then it falls quick. You want it to go up healthy. By the way, while I have you on the line, though, um, Ace, 
There is a program I saw, I talked a little about it last week, and I'm not going to say a lot about it. Maybe we could talk about it next week because it's kind of Memorial Day, and I don't want to be too heavy. But the ribbon program, which is a ribbon offers buyers and sellers cash backing just in case the mortgage doesn't come through. Um, and it's not a lender, but it does underwrite potential home buyers as a lender would. And I, I thought maybe next week we could just tell people what that is because I'm reading all about it, and I think it's a fairly new product. And it's not yeah, it's a lender. Pretty, it's pretty cool, Daddy. You have um, companies like Ribbon, companies like Unison that are helping clients um, bridge the gap if they don't have enough down payment. Right. So and that's, you, yeah, it's, it's yeah, and that's a problem for, you see, a lot of the millennials have the income, but they don't have the down payment. And these companies are coming up with helping them. They're not mortgage companies, but they're working out deals with them to help them put the rest of the money in. Exactly. No, we, at very low rates, too, Daddy. So it's, yeah. um, it helps the banks because it shows um, a, a larger equity, um, you know, when pr- people are purchasing. And it also gives millennials the ability to put larger down payments. So. I've often... I've, I've often thought we ought to have a um, uh, maybe a, a fee associated with all mortgages that goes into some kind of fund that one time in your life you're you're a first time buyer and you can only do it once and this fund will help you get in with you know maybe two percent down or one percent down or something just to help people get in the game that first step over the hump is as everybody in real estate says is the hardest and uh, it'd be interesting if Congress, well, if they ever do anything, but if they could come up with an idea like that, I think that could really help uh, a, a lot of people get into the game. Definitely. Don't you yeah. Yes, and so what they're doing is they're coming up with products to help people put, because the down payment is probably for most people the toughest part. Now, we had uh, our friend call up in the beginning of the show, and he lent his five kids the money for the down payment, and that's great. I always say if you have the bank of mom and dad, go for it. But if you don't, if you don't, okay, (laughs) then, okay, and and, 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 Ace, we we will talk about that on a future show. Uh, Before I want to give you some of the restaurants and things things that are going on, I I, I read this and I thought it was really funny. This, not funny, it just, it says, which cities offered the most and least square footage for $200,000? All right, which cities? In America or in the world? Uh, let's say America. I'm going to guess San Francisco. You get the least square footage. My guess. Well, actually, Jerry, you're usually right, but you are not right now. It turns out that $200,000 will net buyers a measly 126 square feet in New York City, prize borough, Manhattan, home to many of the skyscrapers. Okay, now to put that into perspective... The average standard U.S. hotel room size is 325. So that's like for a room. Half a hotel. So that's so so so. This is 126. That's really small. That's so, really small. Yeah. Okay. New York City isn't the only city where $200,000 will get you a home smaller than Kim Kardashian's West Closet. Well, I think her closet's way bigger oh, her than that. Are I agree. The same sum can purchase 260 square feet in San Francisco. So actually, San Francisco, you get a little bit more. You get 60 feet more. Just barely. Okay. Uh, And um, 423 feet in Washington, Mm D.C., and 451 in Brooklyn. I mean, that's still not a lot. But meanwhile, Mm. 
You could live in it, but just barely. If you want to go to Cleveland, you can <laughs> get 3,769 3, feet <laughs> of for $200,000. <laughs> so you can get a mansion, yeah. okay, or a closet. Right. It just First depends prize. where. First prize of the cut is a week in Cleveland. Second prize is two weeks in Cleveland. Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought that, you know, it's just so interesting on the prices of what. You, and, again, it's a matter of choice because will people live in a shoebox yeah. to be in New York City? What do you get in Miami, did it say? Was Miami in the list? No, Ma- no, but you get more than Miami. I'm sure you get more than New York. I mean, Florida's cheaper yeah. than New York. I'm just wondering um, where it fit in in the categories. That's getting very expensive, too, in Miami. Yeah, but not, not to that extent. I think the West Coast, San Francisco is pretty – I think the two coasts are, are probably the, the most expensive. Uh, but, you know, like I said, some people rather have space. And when you're looking for a property – that's what you have to sit down before you buy what's most important to you, whether it's space, whether it's room sizes, whether it's closets, whether it's land, whether it's close to where you can walk to things. Um, you have to kind of look at all those things. Okay. So in saying that, Paul, just give us quick, you say the best places to buy or how are we, look, give me an entry level number. Uh, entry level number is probably somewhere in s- between five and a million dollars, okay. five hundred thousand to a million dollars, and that's sort of in the Springs area. Um, there are still things there. There are things in, in Hampton Bays. Uh, we talked about a little bit about Flanders, which is also a, an interesting place. Um, Northwest Woods, anywhere from a million to two million dollars. Now that seems like a lot of money to most people because you know sometimes we get numbers and we kind of shoot them out like you know gee like they don't mean anything because we're so used to hearing them but there's other places and I I can tell you that if you don't do the Hamptons you can buy in Long Beach on Long Island Uh, there's a lot of places that you can buy that are very affordable and with the financing today, if you don't have the down payment, call ACE because you really might be able to be surprised that you really can get help now. And you know what? Everyone has to start somewhere. So my guess is, you know, you got to get, you got to start somewhere or chip in with your friends and buy something. But I think yeah. you got to get in the game. Now, since it's Memorial Day, any new restaurants, Deb, or anything that are going on that we should know about? Well, in a surprise return, EMP Summer House is coming back. It was supposed to be a one-shot deal out in um, East Hampton. Um, it's a EMP and American Express um, together are back for this summer. So it's hard to get a reservation. Use American Express ca- card and get that, or they bring walk-ins in, and it's a fabulous place. So it was supposed to be a one-shot deal because they shut their New York City restaurant down for renovation to come back in the fall, but... It was so successful. They're doing it again for this season, and then they're taking it out to Aspen. So they're following the folks that are New York, the Aspen, Hamptons, and Aspen. So. Well, it's branding. You know, it's like anything else. You know, sometimes you'll have a restaurant or a business that might be what they call a loss leader, doesn't really make money, but your branding, your clients recognize it. They know they have an expectation of the service and the food or the quality. And then they want to go there. Um, we have a quick break. We'll be right back. 866-970-9622. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, we only have 15 minutes left to go. This time goes quick, and then, of course, I'm going to my spin class at SoulCycle. Uh, I have a question that came to me, and so I thought I'd answer it, or maybe, Paul, you can help answer it with me. But the question was, came onto my website, do agents have to relay verbal offers from the buyer to the seller, or do they have to be written so there are no mistakes? Oh, it, can they do verbal? Yes, but it's always better to do it in writing. Um, no, the, but the question is, do they have to relay? Meaning, do yes, they have to tell any, the seller? Any, any offer. Let me say this. Your real estate agent, and Jerry, chime along, has an obli- there has an obligation yes. to to tell you any offer they might have, and if they don't, you could sue them. So I'll I'll have agents say, well, the offer's too low. Well, as a seller, if the offer's a dollar ninety nine, we have to tell you about That's it. That's correct. Okay, because you could then say a year later, well, you know, that offer that I told you I would never take, well, I would have taken it. So yes. You must tell every offer to to the seller that you may get. It's the law. And any Correct, agent that Jerry? says, oh, I'm not even going to tell my seller that one is too low is absolutely not doing their job. That is not a professional or legal thing to do. Yes. And, and, you know, and that's, that's a good, Paul's, that's no, just saying, good reason Paul's for that. Because, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that if you put it in writing, it's, it's, it's more solid uh, yes, than a verbal, but professor. you've got to tell it. And what were you saying, Jerry? No, I was just saying there's good reason for that because, you know, the, the, the seller is the one that runs the show, as we always say to our buyers. And, you know, the seller is entitled to hear who's interested, what they're bidding, and, uh, and decide how and when they're going to respond to it. So, you know, unless they, uh, uh, I, you know, I just think it's a very good reason for that rule is what I'm saying. Right. Now, while and, I'm and saying also, that. And also to put it in writing memorializes it for both parties so that the yeah. owner has it and also that the agent has it. Well, let me say this. Many a day I would get a call, especially in a market where there's a bidding war, and they would say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so mad at your agent. I want to sue them. I said, well, what did they do? Well, well they, they accepted my offer, and now they, the seller took a different offer. And they think somehow the agent was in collusion. Well, the seller, unless it's signed and has fulfilled all the elements of a contract, a verbal offer is a verbal offer, okay? If someone bids higher, they can take theirs and not take yours. But if you have it in writing and maybe you've sent the check to the attorney, you look a lot more serious than somebody who just flings an offer out there, all right? And what you really want to do is give your broker the best ammunition to make them take your offer. And that would be, look, this, 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 this buyer is serious. They put everything in writing. They have a check ready to go if you accept this offer. Um, you know, I think, you know, with verbal offers, you have to present them. But again, if I were a buyer, a seller, I don't know how much stock I'd take in because somebody could make offers on everything. I mean, exactly. so so I think if you're serious and you really want to try to get the property you're bidding on, I would go with a broker, give them all my pluses, be, okay, and put it in writing. And I find less people 
to, I, I think more people should put it in writing. Causes less problems. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't guarantee it because until it's signed, it's not. But it makes you sound serious. And if you're a seller, I would not even entertain a, a verbal offer until it was put in writing. That mm -hmm. would be my opinion. Um, I don't know about yours, Jerry, but that's mine. Yeah, what do you tell good, your clients? I think, it's a, I think it's a good practice. It's easier to analyze it, and it, it avoids uh, misunderstandings. And it also helps buyers organize their thoughts because it's not just price. As you say all the time, there's other terms. When are you going to close? How are you going to buy it? Are you going to finance? Is it contingent? All those things. Yes, and I think that for the seller, having that all written out and in writing and, and the buyer being prepared, they have, like a, they have everything that they've, they've been, if, if it's not cash, the if it's a mortgage, place, they have yeah. all that. Yes. Properly vetted. Yeah. Yes. And yes. we will, uh, uh, we will when we, maybe in the next week or two, tell you how to do what, as the seller, you should have in a contract that a broker gives you. Um, because obviously your, your attorney has to look at it. But you know, in some states, they don't even use attorneys. How dare they? I think they? they're crazy. What do they do but, with all their attorneys? <laughs> How do they well, they have busy? kind of, I think in Florida, they have this like main, like this standard form that you fill out. The broker fills it out, does the escrow, and then you have the right to take it to an attorney and show it to them. And I think you have kind of a certain amount of time that you can get out of the deal. Either party can renege. We need, we need Matter of fact, attorneys, I'll have that less. for you next. What? We need more attorneys, not fewer, Doug. Add more well, attorneys no. to everything. I'm joking. It's a joke. <laughs> no, I know. But I think that since a lot of people buy in Florida, we should really tell them how it's done there. And yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think you should still use an attorney. Matter of fact, I think we had one of our callers ask us that, Jerry. Should yeah. I use an attorney? And I always think that you should have something looked over by an attorney. Always. I think it's a good practice. I do. Not just do because too. I'm an attorney, but I think it's a good practice. Yeah, so we have approximately five minutes left of the show, and I thought that I would ask Deborah, okay, because some of, you know, if you, it's a beautiful weekend, and if you're just coming out for the day, there's some great restaurants that open that are not far. I mean, when I say not far, it depends on where you're coming from, but generally from the city, I would say. You know, uh, but I, can I ask a question? Uh, we've been talking a lot about millennials. Tell me about the where would you where would an old baby boomer like me go through? Oh, this? I love that question. <laughs> that has an early bird special that's at really, five thirty. Right. You don't want the early <laughs> bird special that takes coupons. Coupons. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Give me something. Well, good. one of the hottest restaurants opening is El Molino from New York, which is so exciting. So oh, that one that. is opening yeah. in, in. I love El Molino in the Georgica spot right on um, Georgica Pond. So. What spot, what was there before? I'm trying to remember. Asteria Salinas most recently and yes. other other restaurants over the years, but it's a great spot and they've taken that over and that's, nice that's going to be a hot spot. Mm -hmm. We'll have to know someone to get in. Yes. Um, you you have to make reservations way in advance right. or well, e either that or do what Jerry said, get the early bird special like at 4:30 <laughs> to 5. Right. You probably so can get in then. You'd be surprised you can get into places if it's just a couple of people well, willing to sit at a bar. Or, you know, you can almost you go always early. go. Or if right. you go early, you right. go late. Right. Okay. One or the other. So you th that's a good question. So what other restaurants would you recommend for a guy like Paul? 
Well, you know the LT restaurant, LT Burger in yes. Sag Harbor? Yes. They're own, opening Sag Pizza in a couple of weeks. Oh, Lauren no Torrendal and Michael Cinque. So that's a great spot to go. And, you know, Dottie, you and I have a favorite place. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's Dockers. We in love East Dockers. Quag, I, th- I recommend it to anybody taking a day trip. Co- go over that Ponquag Bridge and drive down Dune Road. It's one of the most beautiful sights it in the is, world. It is, and it's a great restaurant. It's on the water, and they have music certain nights. Okay, it's just kind of a friendly place. It's beautiful. But I want to say to you, if you are going to drink, you need to have a car service or you need to have somebody who's a designated driver. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, it's hard to navigate there and you really don't want to drink and drive. It's it's not smart. But it's great for families. You can bring your kids. They have lobsters. And, and Debbie and I year, always go. We love We go it. at least once mm-hmm. a year. And um, they've just opened Dockers on the Rocks, which is a food truck. So you can go from the beach. You don't have to be dressed up. Millennials That's love it, but we love it. It's just easy, in your bathing suit, oh, casual. Oh, so it's on the beach? It's right in the parking lot of Dockers, which also has kayaking and stand-up paddling. It's a whole destination of activities, and you can walk across the street to the to the beach. Yeah, it's truly it's truly a, a great, great place to go. And you, it's a family kind of place. You bring your little kids, your big kids, no kids, your date. Uh, just a lot of fun and beautiful, beautiful. And there's another new place in East Quag and also Hampton Bay is called uh, Hampton's Farm. And the folks, uh, Sandra Sadowski, has always been the spa business, opened this restaurant in East Quag and took over the lady, Hampton Lady space. Mm-hmm. And they're making it into a restaurant as well and a spa underneath it. That's huh. going to have all kinds of spa treatments like uh, salt rooms and various different kinds of massages. You know, another thing, speaking of places to buy, East Quag is certainly one of those places. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's where I live. I love it there. I think yeah. it's and great And by the way, value. the restaurant in Gurney's is the old, is the guy that, the, for those of you who lived on Long Island, the Garden City Hotel, he's a, had that restaurant in the Garden City Hotel, and he's opened up um, in Gurney's, and I went, I had the, he, I was fortunate enough to be invited to his grand opening, which was last summer, I think, or September. And it's really a great restaurant. I can't. That's, I think we're coming to an end. Um, I hope that you would enjoy your Memorial Day. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and um, we'll see. We'll, Thanks for having us on, Dottie. Thank Happy you so Memorial much. Memorial Day. Thank you. Come you on too. again soon, guys. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.